No, this is not associated with Mattia Muralitharan's bowling action. Hello and welcome to this week's Urgent Bite, brought to you by the Royal New Zealand College of Urgent Care. My name is Guy Melrose and today we take a quick look at the bowler's angle and the angle of Jusain. Parkour. While movement techniques can be traced back centuries in various communities around the world, parkour, the modern-day sport that sees people transition across obstacles in the fastest and most economical way possible, originates from France in the early 20th century. Parcours de combattant is French for obstacle course, and it was used to help train military personnel. Raymond Bell, growing up in a military orphanage, honed these movement skills on the army's obstacle courses at night, and it was then his son, David, who took these and developed what became known as the sport of parkour. A similar discipline, free running, has developed alongside also developed by a Frenchman, Sebastien Foucan. And while similar, it is said that freerunning is more about the artistic components than the efficiency or speed. The first time I was made aware of parkour and freerunning was seeing Sebastien Foucan trying to evade James Bond by traversing a Madagascan building site in Daniel Craig's first outing as James Bond in Casino Royale. The ease at which he was able to flow across obstacles at high speed was in marked contrast to Bond, who used more of a sledgehammer approach to getting around. Then there was also a scene in the film Kingsman, which showed the main character, Eggsy, escape his bullies by performing parkour moves across the London rooftops outside his flat. And another film that utilised parkour was the Michael Bay action thriller Six Underground, starring Ryan Reynolds. In this film, Bay used his penchant for dramatic lighting, explosions and over-the-top action to film a group of thieves fleeing the scene of the crime across the city of Florence. On this occasion, Bay hired a group of professional parkour athletes, known as a team, as Team Stora, to do these stunts. I watched a making-of documentary that highlighted how they filmed these scenes, and this is how I became aware of Stora. This team of seven friends from the south of England have built a huge following on YouTube, as they film themselves training and performing parkour all around the world. Their films, beautifully edited and filmed with a variety of action cameras and drones, together with their music choices, make the fluid and athletic traversal of structures seem almost balletic. It's an impressive sport, mixed with art, and certainly not something I would have thought would find its way onto my radar. But as a result of watching Stora in recent years, I've also seen other parkour athletes do some staggering acts of athleticism, and my urgent care brain runs with a constant fear of injury when watching. The forces that are exerted through their bodies, coupled with the sheer risk of falling from rooftops and other structures, means that injury is only a whisker away. 
This is best exemplified by an Australian by the name of Dom Tomato, who seems to have joints made of rubber as he jumps down huge flights of concrete stairs or from window ledges several stories up. Their resilience does amaze me, and in addition to foot, ankle and knee injuries looking likely, I've often thought that a calcaneal fracture would result from some of the huge impacts that they take. After all, they're often landing on hard concrete, from height, trying to stick a clean landing, which is the classic way to injure the heel. And sure enough, I recently saw a video by a similar parkour team to Stora, known as Team Fat, that's spelt with a PH, which showed one of their members had fractured their calcaneus. And this got me thinking about reviewing this injury, and of course, it does feature a couple of eponyms. Using orthobullets as reference, calcaneal fractures are the most commonly fractured tarsal bone. Up to 75% are intraarticular, and 17% are open. Any axial load to the heel, be it from a fall from height or impact from a car accident, will usually be the mechanism, but forced dorsiflexion can also lead to tuberosity avulsions, and twisting of the ankle can injure the anterior process. Stress fractures can also happen with increased activity, so pretty much doing parkour risks a calcaneal injury. Pain, swelling, difficulty weight-bearing, bruising and calcaneal tenderness is what we will see, so if the history and examination fits, we need to start with x-rays. And this is where a couple of eponyms come into play. Calcaneal fractures are associated with a high degree of morbidity and disability, so it's important that we do not miss them, and that we involve the orthopaedic teams wherever necessary. While conservative treatment for certain types of fractures is an option, surgery is needed for many. So as part of our assessment, we need to be able to measure the bowler's angle and the angle of Jusain. William Jusain and Lorenz Bowler were both early pioneering trauma surgeons and near contemporaries. Bowler was slightly older, born in Austria in 1885, whereas Jusain was born in Australia in 1898. Both served in World War I, and both were important figures in the newly developing field of accident surgery, with Bowler considered a founder of this specialty. So the Bowler angle is determined by drawing two lines on the lateral foot x-ray. The first line goes from the highest point of the posterior articular facet to the highest point of the calcaneal tuberosity. The second line goes from the highest point of the anterior process of the calcaneus to the highest point of the posterior articular facet. And the angle these two lines make when they intersect is Bowler's angle, and it should be 20 to 40 degrees. The Jusain angle is also measured on the lateral x-ray, and it's measured between a line along the lateral margin of the posterior facet and a line anterior to the beak of the calcaneus, and this angle should be 120 to 145 degrees. Now, to be honest, I can never remember these, and I'm not measuring them frequently enough for it to become an automatic memory item. So I usually have to look up how to measure to make sure. But the important thing for us to remember is that there are two angles to measure, 
and that we should do so when assessing a calcaneal injury. You may also see a radiologist report mentioning these angles. Consulting orthopaedics for their opinion on whether a patient with a calcaneal fracture needs further imaging is likely to be how we approach things in New Zealand as a CT is considered gold standard, so it is my practice to consult with them. Having measured Bowler's angle and the angle of Jussain first though is an important part of being able to have this conversation. It should also be mentioned that in assessing calcaneal fractures we also need to consider all associated injuries. So knee and spine injuries in particular need to be on our radar, especially when you consider the mechanisms of injury being axial loading from a jump from height. So remember to consider calcaneal injuries in direct axial trauma following a jump from height or something like a car accident a forced dorsiflexion, or even a twisted foot, and especially when a patient has calcaneal pain, bruising, and difficulty weight-bearing. Get the x-rays and remember to measure Bowler's angle and the angle of Jussain, and then if concerned for an injury, check with orthopaedics for whether a CT is needed or whether conservative treatment is appropriate. As parkour gains in popularity, no doubt spurred on by social media, I think seeing young people with parkour-related injuries is something we will see more and more. It is worth looking at some of the movements that these athletes do, not least because they're impressive, but they will also help you appreciate the mechanisms of injury if, or when, someone does come through your urgent care following a mishap. I've linked in the show notes to the Ortho Bullets page and also the Radiopedia pages, which have good pictures demonstrating the angles. If you have any comments, questions, corrections, or suggestions, email podcast at rnzcuc.org.nz. And we'll be back again next week with another podcast. Look forward to seeing you all then. But for now, thanks for listening.